experience. I am your host, Eric Falgu, and today I have a very special guest with me. He's one of my oldest friends. I've been knowing him since I was about 16 or 17, and um, he's a great guy. He's got a lot to say. He's been through a lot, and um, I'm excited to bring him on, so please welcome Jacob Jacquemin. Did I pronounce that correctly, Jake? Hell no. Uh, <laughs> how do you, you say it correctly? So, so basically, I always tell people, like, well, it only works in New Orleans if you can pronounce Plaquemine. Plaquemine. Plaquemine, There you go. Jacquemine. Jacquemine. Yeah. I don't know why I always say it like that. Everybody screws it up, man. Even I messed my own name up, so. It's all, all good. good. <laughs> all good, dude. How you been? Busy. Busy as always, you know, uh, between work business uh getting into photography talk a little bit closer life. to the mic yeah just yeah, yeah. getting into you know uh work business you know getting into photography everything like that just life in general man um i don't have much downtime so you're a busy man man you're uh multiple businesses operator at a very big refinery man you got a lot going on yeah absolutely um actually you're uh you know with the gym we're expanding, uh, expanding to picking you in Mississippi and everything like that. So that's another thing that's going to be, uh, what, um, what, what type of gym is it for people that don't know? Uh, infrared fitness studio, uh, by the name of hot works, nice. uh, right nice. out here based in new Orleans, man. So there you go, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You can, uh, catch your sauna yogas and, uh, that's right. I added like a few other pieces of equipment, huh? Yeah. Uh, we just added a row machine, stuff like that. So more workout, less time. So. I remember when, uh, you told me you, you and your partner, got the uh got the loan to go through remember that i think i was like cutting your hair and you're like dude waiting on this freaking loan to go through big ass loan you know i mean it's a big deal yeah man so remember that (laughs) dude a a part of me wants to remember it and a part of me doesn't because it was the most stressful uh time of my life uh you know to honestly take i mean it's 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 crazy because it literally took an act of god for me and my partner to get that loan literally a hurricane hit panama city right destroyed the banking branch i mean two days prior that woman basically told me we're not getting a loan and we signed a lease you know so right. here we are right. we're right. possibly <clears throat> gonna have to get a lawyer to get us out the lease and then you know it's like crazy shit so my anxiety's through the roof the hurricane hit here a hurricane hit panama city oh panama city and yeah and that's where y'all were getting the through the bank through the bank gotcha the bank yeah is, i remember uh, that yeah united midwest they're uh based in panama city florida and the hurricane hit it so when i i tell people that says literally an act of god right two days later the lady that told me were they weren't going to we weren't getting the loan. Mm-hmm. Quit. No shit. <laughs> she swear. T- she took your loan. She, she took your loan money with no, her. No, 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 man. So she she quits. No shit. And then some other ladies like you know she's like well she's like I, we you know we kind of don't know what's going on so I guess she got the loan so pretty hmm. much <laughs> literally when I tell people that like literally a hurricane hit and I got the loan because wow. of me and my partner got the loan wow. to actually <clears> open up uh you know uh half a million dollar it was a half a million dollar investment. So what, um, what, uh, how did you feel when somebody handed you like 250 K? Like you were like, what's, what's going through your head? I mean, uh, to me, uh, I, I've, I've always been very fiscally responsible ever since I was younger. Um, so somebody handing me 250,000, it was, is debt. 
right? right. So it wasn't, right. it wasn't, I wasn't, I was excited of the fact that we can progress with the project. It wasn't right. the fact that somebody, like, okay, here's 250 right. grand. It, because, all the money was accounted for. Right. So <laughs> all of it, right. Every it's single like, penny. It's, it's just like with a loan from a house, a mortgage, it was like, okay, so they gave me a mortgage for 205, right? And so it's like, it's debt. You know, it's, it's awesome because I got my first home. Right. But I mean, I got to pay the bank back. So it's Correct. not exciting. So if somebody gave me, 500,000 cash or 200,000 right. cash money, tax-free, whatever. Oh, yeah, I'd be going to right, cartwheels right. and stuff. But, you, but you know? had to, there was a lot of things that had to be done with it and accounted for. Right, absolutely. Like, so. like building out the place. And I remember walking in there with you and uh, just being like, holy shit, dude, you're building like a fucking a hot works, which for people at home, if y'all have never been to hot works, it's multiple saunas, um, different rooms where you could do bike, uh different types of cardio yoga and uh i mean i go there so it's it's pretty wild and um just to see that you know from you talking about it manifesting it to it actually happening it, it was pretty awesome dude yeah man um it, i mean it took a lot of work to to get to that point to be able to do it uh you know it wasn't like i just okay i walked to the bank and said hey you know like I'm, i want a loan for this amount um right it was a lot of you know a lot, a lot of, of moving parts a lot of moving parts and pieces um even reconnecting with my partner i mean it was a lot to it uh even being fiscally responsible to get the credit score to get you know having enough money in the bank to put the down payment on i mean because we had to come out with a significant amount of cash to to, to get the business running because right. we couldn't a partner and I, so there's multiple SBA loans, and they are stringent, especially if you're a first-time business owner. You right, know, not right, no like, right. you know, everybody's a business owner at one point in their life, but you, you want to talk about like a business owner that's dealing with a lot of money, uh, and SBA wants to see that. Right, like right now, like for to get this next loan, oh god, they like the banks are banging on the door. You, you know, because they working on something else. Well, yeah, we're going to open up another hot works. And nice. so the, it's the SBA. They're like, all right, dude, like you, you got your money. What, how much you need? Right. You know, so it's a little different because now they done seen you were able to open well, up this a, project right. and you have a track record. Right. Now. I was going to say that. Yeah. It's, it's major. I mean, that's, that's major. So, but your first business that you open is it's, it's, it's hard uh, because you're, you're dealing with the banks and they, 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 they're, they're more liable to give a kid an 18 year old kid, a hundred thousand dollars to go fuck around with, with, in with college, like student loans. Right. Versus to give a kid 10 grand who can turn that, who's smart enough to turn that 10 grand into a hundred grand. Right. It's insane. I mean, it's just yeah. well, no, the I American mean, way. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I've had very multi, uh, similar situations. Yeah. It's like when you're in school, they'll give you all the money in the world. Cause they, they want you to be in debt. But if you just try to go take out five or 10 grand, it's yeah. nearly impossible, especially right now. Yeah, it's 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 pretty tough right now. Banks aren't giving out shit. No, <laughs> I mean unless like you know you're worth a couple million or you know, you you got to have assets. Um, and this is you know, I tell people because the bank want your shit, right? They want to like right now, you know I don't have to. What this next loan I'm doing, um, I'm putting my equipment up for collateral, right? So right. the bank's gonna get something out the deal. Right. Um, I don't own a building, so they can't own the building, but they can own my equipment. So they're going to get something back. They they have some kind of collateral. And some of those loans, man, you got to put your house on the line. So it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a gamble, man. Look, entrepreneurship is mm -hmm. not for the faint of heart. Oh, I know, dude. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> everybody wants to own their own business that they realize, oh, shit, I own my own business. I got to pay taxes and uh, make all the 
arrangements and you know it's you're working all the time it's not like nine to five you don't get to clock in and out you're literally working right now yeah i mean literally on a business call before we started the show i was i don't get vacations anymore uh i was in tulum sitting and dealing with staff like right, while right. here I'm on vacation in Tulum, well, dealing well, with staff. right? So I'm dealing with staff, you know. So <laughs> I was out there. We we're actually looking at some investment properties and stuff out in Tulum and stuff. I mean, my uh, not, not a bad place to uh, be working. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah. So it was technically work, and you know, I did some photography stuff over there as well. Work, and, uh, work <laughs> <laughs> by the beach, <laughs> right? Joking, but still answering calls, still answering emails. So you don't get time off, right? Like, right. So. Again, entrepreneurship, being a business owner is not when you first start, like you are all up in it. It's a 24-7 operation. Hopefully one day when your business grows, you can uh, mentor or coach somebody into taking that role for you where you're the owner now and not the owner manager right. per se. Owner right? operator. Owner slash, operator yeah. stuff manager. So that's the ultimate push. Right. You know, that's what you want where you can just Instead of you managing 20 employees, you're managing one person who can manage your 20 employees for you. Right, which is really hard to do, as you've found out, because uh, I know you went through a few people. Went through a few people. Yeah, man. Nobody, nobody wants to fucking work anymore, dude. It's sad. Yeah, and and, and not only that, it's, it's, it's it, I don't know how to say this. It's, it's, it's a different, it's not just, it's not that they don't want to work, I find. It's... They're coddled, right? right? So they don't, like I say, I'm dealing with Generation Z right now. Look, I'll tell this to anybody. I like, especially my staff are great workers. Right. You know, they're great workers. Mm. And you treat them well. I treat them very well. The problem is they haven't been shown key, key things like in life, like mainly how to talk to people. And that's hard to coach, right? It's hard right, to coach to right. tell somebody how to how to how to have a conversation with somebody. People person, just people right. skills. Regular people skills. So what do you think Generation Z's been doing? They are focused on that this so millennials, I'm a millennial, like I'm a first generation millennial, but you know, we're going into Generation Z and they're very technologically savvy. These son of a bitches can like figure some stuff out. Like I feel like I'm old, like when it comes to technology. When it comes I mean, we kinda to, are, dude. We are, we yeah, are, really I mean, are. And uh, and they can figure some stuff out, and it's like it's mesmerizing. But they just have a hard time conversating. But that's their generation. I, I noticed a lot of them; they just don't know how to interact with one another. They're 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 the video game generation, big right. time. You think it's because they've just been having their head down on their phone the whole time? And I look, and and that that is a prime example. I see a lot of parents give their kids at a very early age. I see this a lot where they give their kid an iPhone at like ten years old. Like, dude, right, like right. I was hoping to get like I don't know, like. You know a little fishing game where you like capture the fish with the little fishing pole where the little thing jumps out. Yeah, you remember that shit? Yeah, yeah, like I was hoping yeah, some yeah. shit like that at that yeah, age. Yeah. Like, I mean, you get an iPhone, right? You're talking about the one where like you put the hook in and like <laughs> right. the fish are grabbing yeah. shit, dude. I don't even yeah. think they make that anymore. <laughs> right? They probably man. don't make that. Uh, that's probably you know, do an NFT on that one, right? Oh yeah, Hell, yeah, oh, yeah. Make a bunch of money. Yeah, on that. probably make a shitload of money. <laughs> well, I mean, I got my first cell phone at 16, and I had to buy it. You know, Nokia. Nope, people, I had a Nokia. For, for people that don't know what that is, and it, it, they only had one game, and it was Snake. Snake. And uh, I got pretty fucking far at it, but uh, yeah, that was before, and I had a pager. Shows how old I am. Beeper. Yeah, I remember that. You had to, Used to be able to, like, make words and shit, like, say hello, upside down. Like, just all right. kind of stupid shit. But um, who would have ever thought that we would be, you know, talking through microphones, like, I know. 20 years later. 20 years later. Yeah, 20 damn. years later. Yeah, yeah, damn. 
I remember like oh, <clears throat> page it, it just it just popped in my head. You what know? what uh what made you want to start like a hot works? I mean, you're already like a successful operator at a refinery. Like, what made you want to go? Hey, man, I want to open up a fucking business and like something totally different than what I'm doing. <laughs> Went from like hot, you know, crude oil to hot works, I, dude. It, it's in my blood. Like my dad. What hotness? Oh, I appreciate that, <laughs> but no, just the you know the entrepreneurship that um you know, go get her attitude. So my dad, you know, he was an operator, right? So that's where I got how I want to be in the industry. I knew what kind of money could be made, right? You know, six figures a year, right? You right. know, um, and so I, I wanted the money, you know, initially, like I wanted the money. I love science. I love, you know, things of that nature. So and operators it, make a, ton you know, of money. it makes a ton of money and they have science. So it's like, cool. All right. I can do that. But what I saw on my dad you know, he had multiple jobs. So my dad was like working, worked, you know, as a process technician at Monsanto and then was also the head foreman for the construction of Harris, well, the head electrical form for construction of Harris Casino. Oh, no shit. Yeah, so he, he that's a side job. And hmm. Not only that, he had his electrical company. He had like his side jobs he would do, doing a little electric work on residential. So my dad was a hustler. Damn, dude. So, and it's always been in my blood. Like, I've always had three jobs, four jobs. Right. Yeah. You know, I just, what I do, even, look, here we go. So I'll be quite honest with you. Uh, you know, I was doing an operator thing. I was like, I got bored, you know, and I always saw my brother and my dad always had multiple things going on. Right. And I'm mean, even when I graduated uh, P Tech, and my dad says, Okay, what's your next step? I said, Oh, this is a means for an end. Hmm. So I never had right. a desire to say, Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be an operator for the rest of my life. Right. I want to see the world. I want to travel. I want flexibility. I love my dad to death. But. He, we, he, didn't, he lost a lot of time with us working all those hours right. to give us a good life. Right. I don't want to do that. Right. I want to have time with my family. So here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm in my late 30s, um, but I want to be in a position when I finally have children that I can spend time with them. Right. I can go do these things. I can be at their baseball games, their football games, or frick, just even coach them. You know, right. that would be cool yeah, as yeah, shit to coach, yeah. my, coach my children in sports they're doing. That would yeah, be cool dude, as shit. I've always wanted my parents that coach me in something yeah so the, so that's that's my drive that's my motivation to want to do more um to have that flexibility you know right um you're working 12 hours a day at a plant man like i yeah. got off night night shift last night um got home at five in the morning sleep for a couple hours be at my studio to manage manage the staff and do some work over there right um here i am right now i'm gonna sleep a few hours go back to work in the morning there you go, dude. Yeah, that's it's a hustle, man. It's a grind. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I, I was know, in I school for it for a little bit. You were yeah. helping me out, but uh, yeah. I realized it just wasn't. Um, I guess I started too late in life, and I, I realized it wasn't wasn't going to work out. Well, you know? it's, it's never too late to do anything. I'll, correct. I'll correct. Tell people, it's it, it's it, is it what you're going to be passionate about? You know, I went from a you know a person that I didn't know if I was going to fucking live past 21 to here we am 30. We you know like again 38 years old. Right you on. Know, and you know. Looking um, good, man. Knocking um, on forties door. Knocking on forties door, man. I'm just trying to. Well, live you my take best care life of yourself. You, know? you, <laughs> take, you, you take care <laughs> yeah. of yourself, and uh, I know you got your little regimen, your little routine. Yeah, and you've kind of like evolved into <clears throat> a different type of fitness. Yeah, um, you know, it's just you know we're kind of like talking about you know 
where where we were talking about earlier, like where we were to where we are now. And I think the biggest thing is that is that drive. It's like, you know, I, 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 I can't, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to lose. I'm not going to, you know, I, I got, I got to do this. If I've always set a goal and I've always achieved it. Right. And so when people say they can't do something and it's like, dude, like I just, I did, it's foreign to me. Right. Because the human, the, the humans are capable of doing so much more than what, the world tells them that they can can do or can't do. It's impressive. I mean, you're a David Goggins person. That dude is a beast. Like I read oh, yeah, that dude. book, uh, can't hurt me. Changed and, my life and causes changed a lot of lives. Yeah, causes uh, he's next level. Mm-hmm. But the moral of the story with him, like you couldn't tell him he can't do something. Right. And then, like, so when I hear somebody say I can't do something, I'm like, dude, that shit's foreign to me, man. Like I just. <laughs> Well, well, you you get in your head, and uh, it's kind of like my wrestling coach taught me that, um, you know, you you know your body's used to doing a certain amount of shit, yeah. and so like let's just say you were trying to run three miles, and then today you're like, man, I'm gonna run four. Well, usually at the three mile mark, you quit, you give up, you're like, oh, I'm tired, but realistically, you could go a lot fucking longer. It's, yeah, it's your brain telling you, hey, that's enough, that- but the body can go way further. And I mean, the mind could take it even further. It's just, you know, how far are you willing to go past that threshold? And I think that's what David Goggins, yeah. at least that's what I got from him. He he went to a whole nother level. Yeah, he's he's pretty next level, man. Yeah. But it, but yeah. he, like I said, he'll he'll sit there and even tell you like you're not going to be him. No, but no. you're going to push past. You're going to push some limits. You're going to push past. You know, um, you like again, like you were able to run a mile like today, and then you're like, well, I can run a mile and a quarter. You know, right. like the next day, and so kids sit there and keep pushing baby steps, it. baby, and baby steps. steps, baby steps. I mean, that's you man. just got to put the shoes on first, man. Some people don't even put the shoes on. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, like, where are you at right now? I know. I mean, you got, and you also own a talent agency, or like, what? What? What is the? Uh, so I always get confused. Basically, what you know, what I was into um, was producing photo shoots. Um, right, right. Basically, what we would do, we would mentor up-and-coming models, even models have been doing it for a while, um, even teaching photography classes while at photo shoots and stuff like that, like really empowering people, particularly the women. Right. Um, I was like, I was talking about it earlier. It's amazing. Me, I, go, go figure. I was empowered to learn how to pick up a camera and actually been, I was actually a natural at it. Right. Um what I love most about photography is making people feel good about themselves. Right. So look, I mean, the whole life's always about helping uh-huh. people, making uh-huh. people feel better. And I, and I, now I have this magical tool in my hand that can really make people feel really great about themselves. And it got some really cool ass success stories that have come out the events, you know, mm-hmm. um, probably my favorite thing at the events is like when you show that, the back of the camera after you take the picture and you got a model's like, oh my God, uh, look what you did. I'm like, I didn't do shit. Like, right. I just captured your mood and your the well, moment. You see what people. I did. You see people. I see people in their beauty, man. That's it, dude. And that's a, that's a gift, man. Yeah. I suck at taking pictures. <laughs> Every now and then I get a good one and my wife's like, oh, that was a good picture. But I'm like, for the most part, I'm like, uh. <laughs> but I see it with the hair. You know, when I do hair, it's like, they'll show me a picture and I'm like, oh, I got that. Right. Like, you know, I just, I see the end result, like, and I just start cutting. That's, so I guess it's similar. That is, oh no, it's, it's, you're an artist. So, so are you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, people like, oh, you're a photographer. And I'm like, you know, I consider myself an artist because I not only do I take a picture, right. like, after the picture's done, they got post editing. So 
post editing, I'm in Photoshop painting, like literally hand painting shit. Yeah. And it takes, you know, and people wonder why photographers charge so much. Mm -hmm. One of my photos, one of my edits is like 30 to 45, depending on how much work I have to do and how much artistry I want to That's one picture? That's one photo. Holy shit. So people like, people like freaking the fuck out about like how, well, how much <clears throat> photographers charge. I said a great photographer is going to charge a lot of money, but it's going to be worth it. Right. It's going right. to, you're going to have a work of art. You're not going to just be a photo. Right. It's going to be a work of art. Kind of like when you charge top dollar for haircuts because right. you create a work of art. Yeah. You know? man, I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of like my old mentor told me, uh, cheap shit ain't good and good shit ain't cheap. Ah, that's correct. You know? So <laughs> it's, uh, I guess it all depends on what your value of something is. I mean, but you know, hair is the only thing that I've done for free and done for money. Yeah. Besides, uh, you know, the podcast. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else I'm charging. Yeah, no doubt. You know? But I mean, like I love cutting hair just like you love photography. Yeah. You know, I remember when you first told me you were buying your first camera, I was like, damn, dude, he's like pretty psyched about this. Yeah. And uh, I, I know that feeling. And so I've watched you go on all these trips and journeys and mentoring these girls. And dude, you're really good at it. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> so it kind of fucking blew my mind. I was like, man, maybe he's a, you know, you're, you're a philosopher. You know, I love hearing you talk. And I mean, I learned so much from you. <laughs> but then I'm like, is he really going to be good at this also? And then I'm like, yep, yep, yep. So I, I never, and I said this uh, like, like last With night. With minimal training, by the way. Minimal training. Yeah, right? I, never, I never went to school. I never went to, I, I just, I think what I have going for me is is in the genetics. Like my grandfather was a combat photographer. So he was doing some dangerous shit, shooting Damn. airplanes, wrecking, like crashing like, into like aircraft war. carriers, war, World War II. <sighs> And so I shoot probably the world's most dangerous creature, which is women. No offense. Right on, right on. Um, <laughs> Shout out. But, you know, so it, I guess it's something I pass along because, you know, it's, it's genetics, right? So right. I just actually had an eye for it. Um, what was crazy was um, years ago I dated, uh, and she was absolutely stunning. It was the first love of my life, um, Courtney Lee. And she went to LA fashion week and was the number one model out of LA fashion week. I mean, this girl was oh, extremely talented, great model, uh, could did runway all over the world. Based out of New Orleans, based out of New Orleans. Uh, her family was from Trinidad, Tobago. Dang. Um, very tall, very, I mean, perfect one runway model. Right. Um, <clears throat> she didn't, you know, she didn't pursue it or whatever, but, for her to sit there and say, Hey, you got a talent. And this is years ago. Right. And I'm, I'm with a Sony cyber shot or some shit. I forgot what kind of camera right, it was. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> you, you, you go and like, Oh, take a picture of me and my friends. And I would sit there and snap and I'd get it right. Every time a composition, mm -hmm. all I'd move them around and pose them and all this. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I just knew what I knew what I liked. Right. And a lot of her photos ended up in that, her portfolio and she ended up going to LA fashion week with it, with the photos I took. And she said, Hey, you need to get into this. That's crazy. 20 something years later, like I get into like, you know, I meet somebody, we start, you know, we start this events production company together. Right. right. I pick up a D 3,500, which is the baseline Nikon camera. And what really got me into it was a friend of mine caught where well, we're good friends now He's an artist, man. Like when he takes a picture, it is art. Like you seen that one on my mantle place and yeah, pictured cigarette yeah, my yeah, mouth. Dude, yeah. It's and my that favorite. he it's <clears throat> literally he's my one was he was the one that talked me into getting serious with a camera. And he's like, You got the eye. Hmm. And I had several professional photographers tell me that, like, dude, you got the eye. Like, you shot that with what kind of camera? I said D thirty five hundred. They're like, dude, hmm. really? And it's like they're like, you're shooting better than a lot of 
supposedly professional photographers with this base camera. Right. And so a D35 is like the base. It's like the, the baseline. It's probably the as much still my it's my baby. I, I I missed that camera. It was such a good little camera. You got rid um, of it? yeah, man. I yeah, actually man. It, it found it found a good home to somebody that is a landscape photographer. So my camera is still out there in the world traveling. Damn dude. <laughs> Doing its thing, man. Um, but I mean, and so I started following, pursuing it. I wish I had more time with it right now, but I'll free up some time next year to start going. I got, um, some shoots. I got Jamaica, right. Um, right. gonna be a pretty big event. And then I'm going to host another event probably in August in Tulum. So, right. Um, and you went to Tulum a couple months ago, huh? Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, beautiful place. Uh, very spiritual, man. Like yeah. it's got a, yeah. this it's a vibe. good vibe. It's very good vibe. Um, very fits my personality, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, really enjoyed it, man. Um, and I, I did a little photography work down there, went looked at some properties and stuff, some real estate investments, and um, and just kind of chillaxed a little bit, you know. So that's, yeah, man, you're, I remember when you went on that trip and you were telling me, I, well, you know, I went to Mexico first and I was like, hey, <laughs> you're going to fucking love this place. Yeah. I mean, we were looking, I forgot where we were looking at, but uh, I like Tulum. But I can't remember the exact location we were so at. Isla Mujeres, something like that. Yeah, man. Yeah. But I don't think I could afford that property. At least that not yet. <sighs> at least not yet. Anyway, um, but yeah, dude, it's a. It, I wanted to stay there. Yeah. Um. So what, what's your love life like right now, dude? You uh, seeing anybody? You dating? What, what you doing? What's what's the? And so, dude, I so, I see a lot of negative. So look, look, I actually had this conversation the other day, man. I see a lot of negativity on Facebook about uh, like how dating in the thirties and you know, 20 or just dating in general sucks ass. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't agree with that. To be honest with you. Um, I've, so I've been single for four years um, and I've met some amazing women. Um, it's this little hiccup per se. Right. They can't have kids. It's right. like they can't right. have children or don't want them. And I can't ask them to have that. Right. You know, cause you, they cause already you had a family. You want, want a family. family. Yes. So, um, currently in that situation too, like I'm, you know, uh, a friend of mine, we've been friends for years and we end up started kind of seeing each other. And then it's kind of the same situation. She's wants to travel. She wants to do this and she's not interested in having children. Um, she might not be able to have them either. So right it's on. kind of the same, it's kind of that same thing. Um, but I mean, as far as like, you know, in general, like dating in general, I think it's, uh, I just don't have the time right now to like really settle down per se. Uh, I'm, I'm busy. Um, and I, I don't half ass anything. You mean, you know, you mean you've been knowing for a long time. I got a, mm-hmm. I got a very, a very, very, very good work ethic. And even when it comes to relationships, like I work my ass off. Like right. I, if, if something's wrong, I'm going to go fix it. Okay, boo. What's what, what I need to fix. Okay, right. cool. We're going to go to therapy. We're going to do this. We're going right. to do that. I'm going to do some research and learn about myself and how my partner thinks. Um, I just don't have that energy right now, man. Yeah. To be yeah, quite no, honest. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, casual yeah, yeah. is a good thing for me right now. Right. Like something very, no, no commitment, no, right. you know, no, no pressure. Cause I, I, I don't have, I don't have the energy. Yeah. yeah really you're a big energy guy. You're, yeah. you're a signs guy. huh? I'm a signs guy. Yeah. I love that shit. Man. I love <laughs> when, you, when you tell me about myself or other people, I'm like, man, he's so right. But some people don't believe in that shit, but Dude, I do. I'm extremely surface level with it. Like, uh, you know, I know some people that get really down and dirty with that shit. And they're, oh, yeah. like, spot on. Like, they'll, like, pick me apart. And I'm just, like, try to, like, argue with them, which right. is kind of a part of my sign. And, yeah. and I was like, you're right. Right. Well, that's what's so funny, right? It's like people are like, oh, I don't believe in that shit. But then when I read what a Virgo is, I'm like, holy fuck, that's all of me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I could even add some shit to the list, but, um, yeah, no doubt. I don't know, man. I mean, it's, uh, 
I don't know. It's kind of hard not to believe, but some people don't like being told who they are anyway. You know, no, so, man, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I'm comfortable. Some people are not open minded, man. Yeah, um, yeah. And so one of the the things that really it, like you know accelerated my growth was being humble. Right. Was being okay with being wrong, being okay with somebody, a third party pointing out that hey, you're fucking up. And you're like, damn, man. And you start really internalizing and really looking at it and like yourself. And you're like, yeah, hey, you're right. Um, a lot of people can't do that, man. A lot of people can't be wrong. People will argue with you just to be right. And you could sit there and Google the shit, like literally like have the facts in front of them. And somehow you're still wrong. Hmm. That's just how people are nowadays, man. We live in a very narcissistic society where everybody wants to be right. Everybody Ego, uh, egotistical. Egotistical. It's. I mean, it's. It's. You know, um, and it stems from. It stems up. I, I mean, honestly, I think it's like parenting. Like they never told their kids they're wrong. Yeah, I said, my uh, kids always right. You know, my well, kids better than yours. Well, shit like that, man. I, I was uh, as I was preparing for this podcast today, I was uh, driving in my car and I listened to one of the first quote-unquote practice episodes that me and you did and i remember telling you that um everybody wants to give their kid like a trophy yeah you know like everybody deserves a trophy like everybody's a fucking winner now yeah. you know and um i just don't agree with that because i remember my dad telling me he's like hey man you know you're not that good at this you suck actually but yeah. you know there's something else you can do or, yeah. or like you know and my dad loves like football yeah. Big old fucking football fan watches LSU till you know the cows come home. Yeah. And uh I, I don't even like I don't even know who's playing. I don't even really yeah. pay attention to it. It's not my thing. Right. And, no, of um, and I played it, didn't like it. And uh he never like forced that upon me. And now I feel like uh when I see like my nieces and my nephews or, or like other kids like this generation Z shit, it's uh you know, they're like, Oh no, you're doing great, which is which is fine and dandy, but it's like, hey man. They didn't win. Yeah. <laughs> they lost. And, like, you know, I, I, in wrestling, there were six podiums to stand on. I stood on five, and I thought I was a loser. Yeah. You know, because that guy was the, the number one guy. He won. Yeah. But now everybody's a winner. I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I, I 100% agree with that. You know. Um, you know. And I guess I, that's where, like, that shit's coming from. I guess. I don't know. That's just all guesstimations and assumptions. And, again, a tie back to what David Goggins says. We, you know, we're raising generations of soft people. So it is actually easier. So if you raise your children to understand defeat and failure and learn from it and to grow from it, right. like from failures that you've done, I mean, I don't even call it failures. I call it lessons now. Fail, <laughs> and failing so was the best fail, thing or ever failing forward, to me. man. And guess what? You have no choice but to be successful. Yeah. Because you you're now you now are tempered to be successful to you're wired to understand failure and how to grow from that and you got people like I said the, these these trophy winners that are just giving them whatever that the littlest thing screws up for them and it's the end of the world right and they, they crack you know like I posted the other day don't right. lose your shit right like, losing your shit is acquired it's not exa exactly exploding it is like literally being so paralyzed by that failure. That you just don't even move. You don't even try to do anything. You don't even try well, to be better or wreck your life. <laughs> well, it's because they were never taught how to like fail and like get back up. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, the master is the master because he's failed a thousand times. That's why he's the master. Exactly. And and so we kind of talked about, you know, what brought us to where I'm at today. And look, I was one of those kids, right? I, I was, you know, I, I was, I was grown up in a very, you know, a family environment, hard worker, 
but I never experienced life away from home. Right. I never experienced failure, true, true, like true failure, like, you know, or, you know, a lot of change at a sudden time. And I, I, I had that entitlement attitude where it's like, oh, well, I, I should be having this. I should have this. Right. Oh, woe is me. Right. And I self-destructed, dude. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, just yeah. led into yeah. a, a slew of crazy shit that went through. Right. And then I had to, like, get out my own goddamn way and say, hey, dude, ain't nobody going to save you. You got you, you to gotta fix yourself. You you got you to gotta do make the improvements. Right. You know? And a lot of people, the, the kids nowadays, they're not going to know how to do that. Right. That's why suicide rates are up. That's why you got so many different, like, things and but they society is trying to coddle that right and there's nothing wrong with like you know mental health is a big deal like right. it's it's not a stigma anymore it's not it's not and there are people that truly need to help right big um time. but you know you you got a, a a kid that i mean i see this crazy stuff where they f- like lose a game and then like they throw this biggest hissy fit or somebody tells them no or and they lose their shit because they're not used to that so we're losers yeah I mean, that's when I know what it stems from. Yeah, you know, everybody, everybody's a winner. <laughs> right, you know? right, right. But I mean, if there's a, everybody's a winner, who the hell's a loser? Right. It's so, kind, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if Dave, David Goggins, I guess, never failed that shit, I guess he wouldn't have became David Goggins. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I mean, you if if I would have never failed that stuff, I mean, I think the shit, dude. The probably in my eyes was you know my proverbial rock bottom in my 30s uh, i failed in my eyes i failed dude so I mean, i'll never forget this shit so i woke up one morning you know my relationship was over with uh realized i'm 34 years old i'm overweight 240 i was like 240 pounds at the time i looked in the mirror and look and and like kind of like david goggins i had these mirror checks every once in a while uh-huh. right and i looked at myself in the mirror and not only was i disgusted what was I was seeing how I felt internally. I felt like I failed. I put, you know, I put society's norms like, all right, dude, you're 34, never got married, never had kids. Like, you are a fuck up. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, I hit this rock bottom, dude, and I lost it, dude. Like, I'm talking, like, anxiety, depression. Like, it just all came out. But I had to get my shit together, man. I had to have that moment, like, oh, God, like, this sucks, and just bounce back, go to go to my, the normal routine, talk to my parents and like have really good conversations and then get, get back in alignment and be like, you know what? I've been through worse shit. Right. I mean, pick, pick myself back up and keep fighting through it. And here I am. But what I did this time, I say I failed in that relationship. I learned about myself. I learned how to be a better boyfriend, a better husband, a better friend, a better lover, all these different things. Start reading books like the five love lanes, probably one of the greatest books you can possibly read when it comes to love, dude. Right. That's some dope shit. That really changed my perspective on love. So I went and said, okay, so this relationship didn't work. What do I need to do to improve it? I even learned things from things about myself to be successful in a relationship. Uh, being able to be myself. Right. That's a major, that's a major important, thing. dude. It's a very it's important. important thing. Yeah, it's very important. Because you got to be able to be yourself around each other, mm-hmm. like not walk on those eggshells. So I learned that. Yeah. So, but... Again, I thought I failed. It really didn't fail. It was a lesson. It was learned, and I became a better man for it. I mean, right. I, re- I remember when it happened, dude. 
it's uh, mm. I've watched you evolve into the man I see right now, and it's uh, it's been pretty wild. <laughs> that that hair the haircut. Yeah, yeah, that, that helped. Off, that, that helped with the, the tears. Haircut started man. off, man. Yeah, man. So, <laughs> so I remember when you were going through that breakup, and I just remember, you know, the Jacob back then is not the Jacob that I'm talking to right now, and uh, I remember how much motivation and i mean dude you you helped kind of change my life a lot uh, a lot of the things you do and have done and um you know you just took a different turn you kind of transitioned into this wanderlust person that you are right now yeah man um and it was it was a again self-discovery is a wonderful thing but it's a dark thing because you got to deal with some deep dark shit that I'm still finding out every day that I'm learning some things about myself, oh, yeah, man. It's yeah, like, yeah. it's pretty like, okay, but it's, you really start, you know, start learning how to self-analyze. Like again, look yourself in a mirror and say, Hey, what, what, what I don't like. Um, and really have these self talks to yourself, man. Like these internal, like internal internalizing things. Um, and in me, I'm so analytical. If I'm feeling a certain way, there's got to be a reason why I'm feeling like this. Right. And so, okay, and I discover that. And if it's something I don't know, I go reach outside of myself and go ask somebody or go read about it, go do these different things. Um, and, man, this it, it's been a really interesting journey. Um, like, I, I don't know. I'm so critical of myself. I just want to teach constantly improving. And like I told you, when people ask me who I am, well, I told you earlier, there's two right. questions in life right. that are really going to screw people up throughout mm-hmm. their entire life. Who are you? What is your purpose? At a very early age, I discovered my purpose, what brought me joy, and that's helping people, right? That's why I'm on this podcast, because yes, I want to help people. I want to talk to people, and that's what I do, and I take joy in that. So I was, I got one of those that's never, I've never, right. never, you, you were born always, I was born with that. Yeah. I already knew what I wanted to do, but it's who am I? who am I has always been the bit, one of the biggest questions in my life that I, I, it always brought me anxiety. So then here, after all these years, I discovered how to answer that question. I'll never be the same Jacob every right, day. Right. I'm going to learn. So we are having this, I'm going to learn something from this podcast. I'm going to be a different Jacob when I walk out this room tonight. Right. Right. So then that question is the plan. It's the goal. So it's always going to be, always going to ask be asking that question. I'm always going to chase that. Who, who am I? I've learned something new. Is this who I am? No, I keep it really simple. Now I'm a simple man. I'm a humble man that just wants to improve himself every day to be a better friend, a better lover and a better, just whatever, a better human. Hmm. That's it. And that's my answer to everybody. When they ask me who I am, you're a big believer in uh, like mental health and mental illness and all those things. Yeah, man. So, um, and this was a very hard conversation I had to have my mom. Um, you know, it still kind of hits me right here in the heart. Um, cause my parents didn't know how to deal with me when I was in my early twenties. Um, I really had a breakdown. Right. Um, and man, like I never, I really had to go again. This is, I got a lot older. I started really self-reflecting and looking at my childhood and my past and actually going to get medical help. Um, I'm diagnosed depressed. You know, I'm a functional, high, a high functional depressed person. You know, I can still operate. Um, I don't let it derail me. I have ways to deal with it. Right. Um, but even as a kid, I used to, man, I used to go hide and play with my toys. I used to go build Legos. I used to never want to deal with people because that was my, that was my escape. That was my way to deal with my depression. I was depressed as a kid and didn't even know it. Right. Um, I felt anxiety getting on a football field at seven and eight years old, like nervous if I was going to perform right. 
and had these little butterflies. You know what anxiety feels right, like, the little right. butterflies. Even mm-hmm. I had that as a kid. So fast forward, you know, in my 19s, you know, I have this breakup and all this other a major change in my life and I have this breakdown and I was an animal, man. Like, it was no control on me. I was wilding out and getting drunk, you know, started doing a lot of drugs, stuff like this. Right. And I was coping, and that's the only way I know how to deal with it. Nowadays, it's like, again, I had to go get help, go get therapy, and sit down and really understand depression at its core and realize it's not my fault. I was born this way. Right. You know, so, so, so you were strictly diagnosed, like, with depression? or Yeah, any depression, other? anxiety. Right. Um, it is very manageable. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like doing medicine. I manage it with uh, exercise, meditation, di- different things. Um, you know, I no longer cope with you know alcohol or anything like that. And right. that was a big problem in my early nineteen when I was nineteen twenty. Right. You know, uh, twenty one. Um, very big problem. Uh, yeah, depression is a can yeah it's a motherfucker. It's a, it's a motherfucker. Um, so yes, I'm a I'm a very big mental health expert um you know i'm very understanding of it and when people open up about certain things i listen that's a so when people ask me why do i love helping people because i don't want people to feel like i did right right i always tell them that like and that's the truth i don't want people to ever feel like i did you have add or adhd adhd yeah same as me and uh (laughs) right right and uh people don't realize this but when you suffer from whether it's ADD or ADHD, you you do suffer from depression because big time. I didn't know that until I was way older, until I got diagnosed. Because um, you know I was up and down. I thought I was bipolar. I still think I'm bipolar. I'm actually going to get a um, psych evaluation soon. Just to, my 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 psychiatrist doesn't. Um, I don't my think counselor. Yeah, she, yeah, she my uh, my therapist doesn't think I am. But um, I guess dealing with the ADHD and trying to medicate myself, and you know I didn't start getting medicated till I was thirty. I'm trying to figure out, well, why am I still having these these de- depression feelings or, you know, things that, uh, you know, I'm happy one day, I'm sad one day, but it but it all stems from that illness too, that, that ADHD. It's like you high, 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 and then you low, 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 and it just drains your brain. So Yeah, yeah man. So, look, I, I had a uh, – it was recent, and um, I'd gotten some trouble at work, so I got sent <laughs> home. Um and one of the big things that came up, I had to do a psych evaluation, you know, because basically, I mean, it's a story, but basically somebody lied to me and they right. said I was threatening somebody and right. it wasn't the truth. Right. So they said in order for me to come back to work, I actually had to go get a psych evaluation. So cool. Straight up was diagnosed like textbook ADHD. What I learned about the shit is that our brain is fo- like an ADHD person is f- its brain is focusing so hard to concentrate. Like I'm staring at this bottle of water right now. My brain is struggling to keep, keep its eyes. Right. Right. right, Just to focus on that. So So if somebody interrupts you, you have a temper, right? It's a natural response. It's almost like you got PTSD from like, um, being in military from gunshots. Like, like we get rattles. That would explain a little bitchy outbursts. Right. So, and that's, that is textbook ADHD. And so I didn't know that shit. Look, dude, I'm 38 years old. I just found this out. Right, right. I thought I knew everything about ADHD. It, it explains a lot, though. It does it, explain yeah. a lot. So it does tie to anxiety. doesn't tie to depression. It ties to a lot of um, behaviors on how to interact with other people. Right. ADHD pe- people have the tendency to interrupt a lot. Right. They have the tendency to not pay attention not pay attention to what people are talking about. And it's 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 a really disrupting thing, dude. It's a, it's a 
it's a thing that really affects your life, man. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll tell you, and look, to sit there with a therapist that yet again, you know, which I always suggest therapy, man. I love therapy. I love therapy. I love to be it. Honest it changed you. my life, dude. Therapy changed my life too. I didn't, I didn't get to go until I was 30. Yeah. I yeah. wish I went when I was like seven. Yeah, maybe, man. Maybe even five. You know, and people don't, people don't know, but the problem is, is that people, again, it, it ties to, they worry about what people think. Right. So correct. Here you go, you go to therapy and somebody finds out you go to therapy and you're you're worried about you think you're crazy. Man, fuck them. Like, yeah, man. uh, Honestly, we're we're all crazy. We're all crazy in our own ways, but at least I have, that's a very humbling thing to be able to to admit that you have a problem. And, you know, just like with with anything else, to say, hey, look, I admit, like, I'm screwing up. Right. That's, 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 that's powerful, dude. Yeah, man. If you could do that, you're going to change your life. And anything you do, like to say, "Hey, I'm I'm not doing well at this." That's admitting that it's that's a humbling experience. That is changing growth in, in its finest form, right? Like, and I, I always tell people that, man. Like, well, being aware of uh, how your brain works, having that specific thing is uh, the key, I think, because I've been given tools. Um, I try to utilize them on a daily basis, but I still fuck up because I'm human, and yeah. uh, you know the character defects, if you will. And each time I fuck up, I'm like, okay, now I'm going to practice on being better at that. Yeah. You know, I'm always working on it, always working on myself. Yeah, man. Uh, the, the, the biggest thing is that um, some people, and I'm one of them, um, there's been some times in my life where I'm on the up and up. It's kind of like with, with, with fitness. Right. All right. So you're doing great, and all of a sudden you're like, you get, get this size that you want, and then you start kind of, Taking your foot off the pedal a little bit, right? And then next thing you know, it starts snowballing. You make a you know, you, you you created a bad habit. I started eating eating Taco Bell like a right. ton, tons of calories, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it starts adding up and snowballing, snowballing. That's the problem with people in general. We all have that problem. Um, Every single one and, of us. And you got to have discipline to get back on the you know the horse, man. Like, and that's it's mental health is the same thing. Like, yeah, dude. you know, like I went, you know phases where i had certain routines to help me with my adhd correct you know i was taking my medication which me honestly i i'm better off without it i'm better off dealing with it like hyper focusing um you know exercise which which helps with adhd right time uh, fitness and just your overall health um and being more self-aware of my behaviors like when somebody's talking just kind of like you know, I'm doing of, right now, right? We, yeah. just, so it's it's, so it's, fu- just, it's fucking killing me, man. I'm yeah. gonna be like, ah. <laughs> right, man. So and it's it, this. Well, is, we have this, a lot to say. Yeah, we 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 do. We we yeah. got a lot to discuss, and you know, we can we can talk a lot, man. We talk all night. You know, what I mean, that's just the way we are. But um, the biggest thing is being able to. This is this is meta. This is a. It's crazy. This is this is this is hard for people like us with ADHD. Oh, yeah. Sit there and not just want to rock. I'm like just listening, talking, man. You know, I'm listening. Um, so this is a pretty cool tool to, uh, kind of mm-hmm. help you with ADHD, right? A podcast. I, I think so. I think so. <laughs> I definitely have to be very, uh, calculated with it. And, uh, kind of like you were saying, uh, I have to live by a schedule when I don't live up by a schedule, um, shit's all over the place. When I follow a schedule, I'm pretty, pretty solid. Bro, like scheduling and writing things down. And this is, this is, I'm going to just admit this right now. Again, it's a humbling experience. It took me this long to actually start writing shit down because 
I always could remember shit. Well, yeah, yeah. And now I get all this also forgetting stuff. So now compound being forgetful with it, you know, that's a sign of ADHD. Now I got so much shit going on that I'm bound to forget something if I don't right. write it down. Right. So after all these years, I finally have to have a schedule of shit I got to do, man. Correct. Because if mean, I, you know what happens if yeah. you don't, you, you're, you're not going to do it. Yeah. I mean, you have to, like, I try to text it in my phone, you know, trying to be modern and uh i I just do better writing the shit down yeah literally day by day and uh i just work better like that (laughs) it's so funny because you know um when i i was i was telling somebody it's like dude i'll write this thing down this is like a game changer people like looking at me like i'm crazy like Mm -hmm. you don't write shit down i'm like no they're like a lot of people don't a lot of people don't like even when i was in school like when i was in grade school i would remember my homework i knew i had homework i never forgot my homework i always just knew but right. again, the older you get, you got more, more and more information going into that brain. And then it's just, it's hard to manage your life. So yeah, like eight, like I'll tell that to anybody, like in just in general, write shit down, like write a schedule, write stuff down and follow it. You're more motivated. I mean, it's a science behind it. Like you're more motivated to like be task oriented. Like you have a list, you're going to knock it out as quick as possible. Most people Correct. do that. Correct. Uh, so it actually kind of eliminates that, um, you know, the fuck up factor. Yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I'll get to that later. Procrastination kind of eliminates that too. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So I procrastinated a lot today. Yeah. Even though I got a lot of shit done, I guess. Dude, I felt like I got nothing done today, but I got a ton done when I actually looked at my list. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do the list. Yeah. That's that last minute uh, ADHD brain. Yeah, you know? man. Yeah, Do- absolutely. Doing shit last minute and um, getting shit done. Keep rolling. Keep rolling a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Whatever you got, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, the, the ADHD brain is a uh, a lot a lot more difficult than people think. Yeah. For people with it, they get it. People that without it, they don't get it. You know, um, sometimes my wife doesn't get it. She's like, I don't understand. I'm like, eh. I think she has a little ADD. Yeah. She's not as hyper as me. Um, you know, I'll I'll tell anybody this. Um, you know, hit the like, mic. No, no, I'm saying just talking to it. Yeah. So I think, you know, most people, you know, that's a big, big, big factor um, in a relationship. Like a a person that is dating somebody that has ADHD, um, that, that that's that's a discussion, man. But again, that that that's you admitting, hey, look, I got ADHD. I'm not right. just saying I forget shit. I'm saying right. I got the whole shebang, right? Like the the short temper, you know, like well, not like a short, not a temper, but like get really agitated when somebody right. interrupts or something it, like that. It's hard for people to be with us. Yeah, it's 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 it is a game changer. Right. Like once I've discovered, like, oh shit, like I'm like, dude, like I started going back and thinking about my seven year relationship. I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, I, I'm like, damn, dude, I was kind of bad. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, man, you know, because like, you know, it create arguments. I'd forget stuff. I would sit there and leave, like, make a mess. That is a hallmark, dude. Like ADHD right. people are messy people, dude. Right. Like, and you know, we got to have a set routine and stuff like that. And it takes a strong partner to deal with it. Right. And, but, I mean, it, it will help that partner if they understand, like, all the symptoms and stuff right. like that. I, I definitely see that it's caused a lot of – knowing the things that I know now, it's definitely caused a lot of issues in my past relationships. Yeah. Just with, with work and everything like that. Yeah. Um, 
I like, I like to move around a lot, unfortunately. Yeah. I get bored um, real easy. That is that is uh that is that is one of the hallmarks. It's like it's like I feel like I uh I wanna go everywhere, but I belong nowhere. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, like I just I get bored of places. I I like traveling and then I get I don't know. I can't stay. It doesn't matter how pretty a place is. I can't stay there more than two or three days. Yeah. Tulum was a little different. I don't know what it was yeah. about it. I really just felt that peace there. It was the energy, the vibe. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but I didn't want to go home. That was the first time in a long time I went somewhere and didn't want to come home. Right. You know, so right. it's a little different, but, um, you know, when we went to Italy, dude, Rome, Awesome. Yeah, uh, I remember you telling me that's like one you, of your favorite places. Oh, dude, it's like so much history and architect. I mean, it's sensory overload, man. Right. Like you, especially for people with ADHD, um, you know, it's it's overwhelming. Right. You know, I used to be a very big crowd person. I could deal with crowds and stuff. And Rome wasn't like really packed. It's really it kind of reminded me of. Um, I hate being around people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it gets as too, you get, too many people, too many people, yeah. right? So only I get certain, claustrophobic. yeah, certain circumstances. But uh, it's sensory overload, man. You got a lot of things going on at one time, and it, I mean, dude, your your brain's trying to like hyper focus on things and yeah, trying to read, yeah, read. Yeah. Like it's it's a lot, man. But it's it's a really beautiful city. But even then, after a day there, I was day a couple of days there, I was ready to go home. Like I mean, right. I loved Italy. Italy is amazing. Um, but. It didn't take long. Within a week, I was ready to go back to New Orleans. Like, right. I, mean, yeah, I don't know what it is, man. No New place Orleans like got home. my soul, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's no place like home. Every time I fly somewhere, then I'm like, I don't want to go back. And then a couple of days later, I'm like, shit, I'm ready to get home. Mm. What, um, so you're opening up a new Hot Works? Yeah, man. Um, So the new Hot Works, uh, hopefully uh, the game, it should be open this year, man. We had a couple setbacks. Right. Uh, basically... This is crazy shit. But the first space we looked at, the landlord didn't have the floor plans, and he quoted a certain amount of width of the uh, studio, of the space. Right. And when we actually went out there and measured it, we were in negotiations, and this was going on for some time, and then we went out there with a the contractor, and contractor measured it, and it's actually a foot less than the minimum requirement. And so it's no way it literally changed our entire floor plan. Right. Um, of what it was going to be. And we absolutely hated what the new design was going to be. And we just pulled out of that space. So, um, really right now we're looking at a spot and, um, you know, that's going to be on my, um, you know, to do list is to really work with the realtor to get this deal done, to get the lease signed and all that. So we can start construction and everything. Right so. on, right on. Well, dude, uh, think about, we got to wrap it up. Um, it's getting late. I know you got work tomorrow. Yeah. But, yeah, man. Um, Non-stop. definitely, uh, going to have you on again soon. Cause, uh, I love picking your brain and talking to <laughs> you. And, um, hopefully a lot of people got, got something out of it. I know I did. And uh, where can people find you at, like, uh, your studio? Where can they find you at on social media? Oh, shoot. Um, <laughs> so the... Your talent agency. Well, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of in the dumps at the moment. Right, so, right. But uh, you can find me on Instagram, The Gentleman Agent. Yeah, I love and that. And then uh, from the studio, the business, it's going to be uh, in Mattery, 3814 Veterans Memorial Boulevard, right next to... Shout out. Right next door to Firehouse Sub, man. There you go, man. Shout out, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you, Jacob. And uh, as always, pleasure talking to you. 
And I look forward to having you back, man. And good luck to you. I appreciate it. All your it, endeavors, man. man. Uh, thanks, man. Thank you, brother.